Have you ever doubted God's existence or his power or his faithfulness or that you indeed are going to heaven? Were you afraid to admit it? Hi, I'm Rex Rogers, and this is episode number 84 of Discerning What is Best, a podcast applying unchanging biblical principles in a rapidly changing world and a Christian worldview to current issues and everyday life. Everyone doubts. Only God and certain madmen have no doubts. Everyone doubts, though not everyone admits it. Some doubt more than others. Some express different kinds of doubts. Some doubt the existential questions of life, like, is there a God? Does he know and care about me, and can I know him? What happens when we die? Others doubt natural or personal things, like, can science tell us what really is going on regarding so-called climate change? Or self-doubts, like, do I have the ability to achieve my goals? Martin Luther said, the art of doubting is easy. It is an ability born with us. A French proverb observes, who knows nothing, doubts nothing. While the Greeks said, the wise are prone to doubt. And the Chinese said, with great doubts come great understanding. With little doubts come little understanding. Now, these historic sources of wisdom seem to suggest doubting is not all bad. In the book of Proverbs, it indicates seven things that God hates. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among the brethren. Notice that doubt is not in this list. Now, long before I understood any of these deep-thinking perspectives, I struggled with doubt throughout my college years. My doubts were real and gave me considerable angst. I never doubted the existence of God or any particular doctrine of the Bible. But even though I had prayed the sinner's prayer at age six and had accepted Christ as my Savior, I doubted whether I was really saved. I now know my doubts likely came from several converging traits or experiences in my life. I later understood that I have a rationalistic bent of mind. My natural drive is to think things through and to try to figure things out. God gave me this ability, a strength if properly used, but one that can trip up a weak faith. My faith back then was not very strong, partly because I allowed sin to affect my spiritual journey. And I was experiencing a tremendous intellectual, sort of a mind-blowing expansion of my thoughts back in college and my exposure to the world and its history. For example, I was learning what it meant to develop and embrace and apply a thoroughly Christian theistic world and life view in my life. Perhaps there are other reasons I struggled with doubt in my coming of age, but struggle I did. Now, Os Guinness is an evangelical Christian philosopher and social commentator who has written books like The Gravedigger File, Renaissance, The Power of the Gospel, However Dark the Times, and Zero Hour America, History's Ultimatum over freedom and the answer we must give, as well as many more. But I think his greatest contribution to Christian understanding is a book he first published in 1976 called In Two Minds, The Dilemma of Doubt and How to Resolve It. Then again, 1983, as Doubt, Faith in Two Minds, and finally expanded and republished a third time as God in the Dark, The Assurance of Faith Beyond a Shadow of a Doubt. 
Now, Guinness's book on doubt is a masterpiece and a classic. I recommend it to anyone. In his book on doubt, Guinness explains, if ours is an examined faith, we should be unafraid to doubt. There is no believing without some doubting, and believing is all the stronger for understanding and resolving doubt. Doubt, Guinness says, is often misunderstood, especially among Christians. For one, doubt is often equated with unbelief, and this produces anxiety and guilt, which it certainly did in me. And two, doubt is usually considered something to be ashamed of. If you doubt, by all means don't tell anyone, you must be in sin. Guinness points out that doubt comes from a Latin word, dubitare, meaning two minds. To doubt is to be of two minds. That's not the same as unbelief. An unbeliever and a believer both have one mind. Their minds are made up. Unbelief is closed-minded. Doubt is open-minded. Doubt has value, helping protect us against gullibility. The original meaning of the Greek word skeptikos, like skeptical, is inquirer. Doubt makes us ask questions. Now, Guinness notes there are several families of doubt. One, forget to remember, ingratitude. What about the Christian kid from a Christian home? He could be insulated, become complacent, sort of a prodigal son's brother who stayed at home. When this person doubts, it is not from lack of sermons, but lack of experience. Not the result of too much contact with the world, but too little. This kid needs to get out and learn that indeed God makes a difference. This was me. A faulty view of God, number two, a small God image. In this, we need the renewal of our mind. Number three, doubt from weak foundations. This doubter believes the right things, but for the wrong reasons. He does not know why. And if there are no reasons why, then there's no reason why not. This is where Guinness's insightful comment fits. We live in a time when we see university-level questions puncturing Sunday school-level faith. This was also me. The understanding Christian knows not only what they believe, but why like the men of Issachar, who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. Number four, doubt from lack of commitment or personal convictions. We need to examine our beliefs. Are they ours? Have we absorbed rather than accepted beliefs? This was me. Doubt from lack of growth, as in faith without works, is dead. Number six, doubt from unruly emotions. This doubter is the most vulnerable to outside circumstances like Elijah in the Old Testament. He did not need theology, but sleep and food. Behavior changes feelings. And number seven, doubt from fearing to believe. This doubter is afraid of being hurt. He looks upon belief as risk. A peace of mind from doubt is available to those who name the name of Christ. God is the answer to doubt, a matter of truth, trust, and trustworthiness. Doubt can be overcome by recognizing the power and trustworthiness of God, by practicing our faith through service, and by learning to submit our emotions to the Lord. So faith, Guinness says, is not doubt-free, but there is a general assurance of faith that is beyond the shadow of a doubt. In the scripture, 2 Timothy 2, 12 and 13 says, If we disown him, he will also disown us. That's rejection, a decision to lodge one's faith in something other than God. 
That's unbelief. Then it says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. We are weak. We waffle. We are buffeted by life. We are anxious. That's doubt. Doubt is not the opposite of faith, not unbelief, and not a betrayal of faith. Many Christians, including leaders, have doubted. Doubting Thomas, St. Augustine, John Calvin, Charles Spurgeon, C.S. Lewis, Francis A. Schaeffer's Crisis of the Soul recounted in his True Spirituality. Doubt is part of living the Christian life. But there's also rest from doubt for those who seek it in the Lord. If you've wrestled with doubt, read 2 Timothy 2 and pray Martin Luther's doubter's prayer with me. Dear Lord, although I am sure of my position, I am unable to sustain it without thee. Help me or I am lost. Well, we'll see you again soon. This podcast is about discerning what is best. If you find this thought-provoking and helpful, follow us on your favorite podcast platform and download an episode for your friends. And for more Christian commentary, check my website, R-E-X-M, as in Martin, it's rexmrogers.com. And remember, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm.